Well, howdy, neighbors. Commissioner Sid Miller here. The Texas Park of Agriculture's Farm Fresh Network connects local producers with schools to provide fresh food for our students. If you're a farmer, rancher, producer, sign up at farmfreshnetwork.org. I'm Roy Kniper with Kniper Ranch in Sisterdale, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. I've got another episode of Texas Ag Today ready to roll for you. All you got to do is jump on in with me and buckle up. We're going to take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, cattle prices will set new records next year. In fact, we may see record cattle prices for the next two years. We'll have more on that coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the piney woods of East Texas to the rocky ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. Looking back at the beginning of this year, 2023, prolonged drought had really taken a toll on Texas High Plains grazing lands. How are things looking right now? I'm James Hunt, and we'll talk about that on Texas Ag Today. After a very hot and dry month of August in Texas, what will the month of September bring? I'm Tom Nicoletti, and we'll have the full forecast straight ahead on Texas Ag Today. It continues to be hot and dry in Central Texas. This is Dr. Sam McLeod, and I have more from Waco. We'll have those stories, plus Texas wildlife news, and a complete look at the markets all coming up. Cattle prices have set new records at all levels of the production chain this year, but there are more record prices to come. At the recent Texas A&M Beef Cattle Short Course, livestock economist David Anderson released his latest cattle price forecast which shows a steady uptrend in prices for the next 18 months. Yeah, I've got higher and higher prices. And and I look at this as as sort of a fundamental supply and demand look at prices. And right now we've got tighter and tighter supplies. In fact, we're going to have less beef production out through 25 and even 26. It's already sort of baked in the cake and and we have a product that's in demand. So we have demand for something that's tightening in supplies. And, you know, fundamentally that means higher prices. Anderson says we will see some up and down in the market as seasonal factors affect prices, but the overall trend is up for months to come. Texas sheep and goat producers reduced herds earlier this summer, but things seem to have settled down for now. Minnie Cox is the sheep and goat manager for producers' livestock in San Angelo. You know, actually, they were really forced heavily to to get rid of stock. Uh, Before July the 4th, we had three consecutive weeks where we had to have two-day sales, uh, and it was because of volume. And uh, I can't remember that happening in the last 15 years. We sell Tuesdays, Wednesday if necessary, and like I say, three weeks in a row we had to do that. Uh, and now we're back down in that 6,000, somewhere in that six to 7,000 range, which, is, which is, is kind of a normal number for this time of the year. Cox says ethnic holidays have a big effect on the sheep and goat market here in Texas. 
with the Muslim Eid holiday in June being the most influential. Cotton producers in the Concho Valley are struggling with drought and heat this year. Tom Green, County Agent Josh Blanick, says the early planted crops did okay this year, but the later planted cotton did not. Row crops are struggling. Uh, the grain sorghum did benefit from the early rains uh, that was planted earlier, but our cotton uh, really struggling this heat. Uh, even though it's a desert plant, it just doesn't, doesn't do anything when it's over 100 degrees or doesn't cool down at night. Uh, so we've got a lot of cotton acres that are not going to yield very good. Blanick says about 30% of the crop in his area is irrigated. And when we say irrigated, it's supplemental. Um, we don't have that much, so we, we rely on rainfall to go along with it. And since we haven't had any rainfall, we just don't have enough irrigation water to keep and meet the plant's needs. And then we're running into, you know, with a two-year drought, we're running into groundwater issues. And a lot of these wells, they're having to choke back or even just turn off because uh, they're running dry. Cotton harvest in the Concho Valley will begin in the middle of October. Grazing conditions on the Texas High Plains are looking much better than they did at the beginning of the year. James Hunt has the story from Amarillo. When this year began, our region was in the throes of a very deep drought, and there was no question that grazing lands around the Texas High Plains seriously needed recovery. To find out how well that's gone, I talked with Texas A&M AgriLife beef cattle specialist Jason Smith. Here's what Dr. Smith told me. We were really fortunate and blessed to receive some timely rainfall to put some forage on the ground this year. And and it had been quite some time since we've had some meaningful rainfall to create enough forage abundance to support whatever cows or grazing cattle remained after quite a bit of destocking in the region. In terms of rating current forage conditions, from what I've seen, I would rate a lot of those conditions as fair to good uh, currently. And I say currently because that's something that could change very quickly. That, that timely, timely moisture put quite a bit of good quality forage on the ground, but the spigot stopped pretty quickly thereafter. And so we haven't received a lot of the rainfall that we needed to sustain some additional forage growth or maybe even some regrowth after grazing. And so, uh, and this would be consistent with what I'm hearing from producers is that they've generally feel like they're in a pretty good place right now, but they're worried about the remainder of the summer and the fall and potentially what the winter holds, if we're going to be able to grow any cool season forages or not. Once again, that was Texas A&M AgriLife beef cattle specialist Jason Smith, who also told me that it does not appear we're having any issues with ranchers moving too fast on restocking their herds. They're being pretty conservative in that regard. More from Dr. Smith in future reports. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. August was a very hot month, and Tom Nicoletti tells us September will continue to be hot and dry. Well, we know August was very hot and very dry in the state of Texas, and to shed some more light on that, we go to meteorologist Tom Bradshaw at the National Weather Service in Fort Worth. And Tom, let's recap August, a very hot, very dry in Texas. It was a rough month for most of Texas, both in terms of extraordinarily warm temperatures as well as extremely dry conditions. We had 100-degree days by the boatload across most of Texas through the month of August. A number of locations established new records for the number of 100-degree days in 
the month of August. A lot of 105 degree and uh, greater temperatures also um, recorded across a good part of the state. The good news was we got a little bit of rain, at least in the southern, very southern part of uh, Texas. We did have a tropical system, Herald, which made landfall north of Brownsville, provide a little bit of relief to the uh, southernmost counties of Texas. But for the vast majority of our state, it was extremely dry. Farmers and ranchers and others across the state are wondering when will El Nino come to the state of Texas and what's the September forecast looking like? Well, we're technically in an El Nino right now, which is the water temperatures in the equatorial Pacific are currently um, warmer than normal. As far as how that translates into any kind of relief for Texas, it's still going to be probably a good two or three months uh, away before we start seeing some welcome rainfall for the state. In the meantime, as far as September is concerned, we're once again looking at above normal temperatures through most of the month of September and below normal rainfall across the state. So the long-term upper-level ridge pattern that we've had across the southern part of the U.S. is going to continue to kind of maintain a grip on us for at least the majority of the month of September before we start seeing relief. That is National Weather Service meteorologist Tom Bradshaw in Fort Worth. I'm Tom Nicoletti at the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. That hot and dry pattern has been a consistent problem in central Texas. Dr. Shane McClellan has an update from Waco. One thing you can say about Central Texas weather, it has been consistent. We all expect August and into September to be hot and dry, but the biggest difference is this lack of of rainfall. The number of days that we've gone without rain coupled with that 100 plus degree heat. Crops look like what you would expect when they don't receive rain. I've still seen a few cornfields that haven't been shelled for grain. Now, almost all of our corn has been harvested here. Um, I do expect that the the lethal wide, those fields that haven't been harvested are still standing is due to some grain storage issues. Uh, There's a lot, a lot of extra available grain storage in our area due to a a decent to good corn crop. We were fortunate in early 2023 to receive some scattered showers during the corn growing season. That did boost growth and we received a a lot of rainfall during that early growing season that was almost like irrigation and it did push the corn plant to produce. Now, if we would have had some timely late season rains in Central Texas, we really would have pushed the full yield potential of corn in our area. We haven't really ever done that. Now, imagine why the rains did stop around the end of May. A few caught some scattered showers in June. But the result was our corn plants were heavy with crop. They were filling the air of corn, and then the, the plants just kind of ran out of water. We still did have a lot of good corn in Central Texas. I've heard yields anywhere from 60 to 180 bushels with many fields averaging 140. The replicated applied research trial in the Clinton County did have some hybrids that hit 150 bushels, and those plots averaged 139 bushels an acre. The county replicated grain program research trial. It also matched the scales down with some 6,000-pound milo. Now, across all of the grain program varieties, the plots averaged about 5,600 pounds. So plenty of rain early helped those crops. But when we get into cotton, cotton's got a rough year here in Central Texas. It got off to a rough start, support germination. Then it did get to growing, uh, received enough moisture to start growing. But then we had some insect pressures that had to be managed. So it's another trip or two across the field. Cotton looked promising, and then we hit the hot weather. And the water faucet was turned off, little to no measurable rainfall. Uh, 100 degree weather, it just burned our crop up. Bowls are opening up much earlier on, the, on the, all of our cotton. And uh, it's just due to the current environmental conditions that we're growing cotton in. Hay that was cut at the end of May and hasn't regrown just too hot. Plants ran out of water. No one wishes a hurricane on our southern borders, but a hurricane-type moisture is what we need to alleviate our, our lack of moisture. Central Texas would normally receive 6 to 10 inches 
during the previous 90 days. And just like other parts of Texas, moisture has just been lacking. This is Dr. Shane McClellan from Waco with Texas Ag Today. Fire danger remains high across much of Texas, and there are a few things that hunters and campers can do to reduce the risk of a wildfire. I'm Jessica Domel, and I'll have more coming up on Texas Ag Today. And moving livestock from state to state happens every day, but some requirements must be met. Veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. Howdy neighbors, Commissioner Sid Miller here. The Texas Department of Agriculture's Farm Fresh Network connects local producers with schools to provide fresh food for our students. If you're a farmer, rancher, producer, sign up at farmfreshnetwork.org. The 2023 Texas Cattle Feeders Association Annual Convention will be here before we know it. TCFA invites you to this year's convention, October 8th through the 10th, at the Gaylord Texan in Grapevine, Texas. The 2023 convention boasts outstanding educational, informative, and networking opportunities. Register before September 7th to save on your registration and hotel room at the 2023 TCFA Annual Convention. Find more information by visiting www.tcfa.org. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Moving livestock from state to state happens every day, but Dr. Bob Judd says there are some requirements that must be met to move these animals across state lines. Dr. Rosalind Biggs indicates at Drovers.com that movement requirements vary from state to state. The requirements are present to prevent the spread of disease and track animals if a disease does occur. Each state has their own requirements, so you must check with your veterinarian before hauling any animal across state lines. And this is something that needs to be done well in advance of shipping the animals. Some states require certain tests, vaccines, and identification tags to enter their state, and depending on the animals involved. Some states require a permit, and all of this cannot be done the day before you are to haul the animals. We have clients wanting to take their horse out of state, and they call us the day before the animals are to be shipped. In many cases, we cannot help at that point. An accredited veterinarian must fill out a Certificate of Veterinary Inspection, or CVI, and this must accompany the shipment of the animals. The CVI must meet all the entry requirements for the state the animals are entering, and these requirements can change quickly depending on diseases present in various areas, and the CVI must be completed in the time frame required by the state of destination. Animals that are exposed, affected, or quarantined for an infectious, contagious, or communicable disease may not be issued a CVI for movement. The Texas Animal Health Commission has recently established livestock checkpoints along state lines, including the Oklahoma and Texas border. All livestock conveyances must stop whether they are loaded or empty, and documents will be reviewed. I'm veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Fire danger remains high across much of Texas. Jessica Domel reports that there are some things hunters and campers can do to reduce the risk of wildfires. To prevent wildfires, the Texas A&M Forest Service and the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department are urging the public to be mindful of any activity that may create a spark outdoors while hunting or camping. 
The Forest Service reports that persistent triple-digit temperatures and minimal rainfall over the past two months have led to extremely dry vegetation across Texas, increasing the likelihood of dangerous wildfires. They say any outdoor activities that can create heat or sparks can ignite that vegetation and start a wildfire. To avoid accidentally starting a fire this dove season, the Forest Service says people should avoid driving over and parking on dry grass. The heat from your vehicle can easily ignite the grass. Always check with officials where you are hunting or camping for burn bans or other restrictions on outdoor burning and campfires. If you plan on taking a trailer anywhere, be sure the tires are properly inflated. Ensure chains will not make contact with the road and that any loose metal will not continually hit anything else. All of those things can create sparks and start a fire. The Forest Service also encourages people to always be ready to put out a fire should one start. Have a shovel and water with you in camp and have a fire extinguisher with you at all times. Nine out of ten wildfires in Texas are human-caused. And the Forest Service says everyone can make a difference by taking personal responsibility for their actions. The Forest Service says as the upper-level ridge continues over Texas, widespread temperatures will remain in the triple digits with lower relative humidity values. Fire potential is expected to persist in north, central, and east Texas. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. The cattle market closed lower ahead of the holiday weekend, but cotton and grains moved higher. We'll check out all the livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. Howdy, neighbors. Commissioner Sid Miller here. The Texas Park of Agriculture's Farm Fresh Network connects local producers with schools to provide fresh food for our students. If you're a farmer, rancher, producer, sign up at farmfreshnetwork.org. The 2023 Texas Cattle Feeders Association Annual Convention will be here before we know it. TCFA invites you to this year's convention, October 8th through the 10th, at the Gaylord Texan in Grapevine, Texas. The 2023 convention boasts outstanding educational, informative, and networking opportunities. Register before September 7th to save on your registration and hotel room at the 2023 TCFA Annual Convention. Find more information by visiting www.tcfa.org. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. The cattle market closed lower to wrap up the trading week on Friday, heading into the holiday weekend. October live cattle dropped 67 cents to end the week at 180.15. The December down 62, 184.17, with February live cattle down 52 cents, 188.32. Same story on the feeder cattle. Heading south to wrap up the week with September feeders down a dollar forty-two, two fifty-one eighty-five. October feeder cattle down a dollar thirty-seven, two fifty-four sixty-five. With November down a dollar twenty-seven, two fifty-six thirty-seven. Cash-fed cattle market seeing cattle sell here in the Southern Plains at one seventy-nine last week. That's fully steady with the previous week's market. Up north, Iowa and Nebraska selling cattle live, 182 to 186. That's steady to $2 lower. Dress prices mostly at 292 last week. Boxed beef prices higher on Friday. Choice up $1.61 at 31540. Select up $1.44 at 290.69. 
Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. I'm with Sean Geiswhite, Gillespie Livestock, talking about the cattle sale he had Wednesday in Fredericksburg, Sean. Ended up good, Larry. We, we got a, right a little over 800. Uh, all the bulls and cows steady. Uh, it was kind of steady all the way through. Had a few other deals that, on some of those light-bred cows, push packers, so it was it was good all the way through. I just call it steady. And same on the bulls. Uh, kind of forward team fell a little bit higher as you did last week. For sure, you would have left that actual all the steady off the, on the pair. Red cows uh, didn't have a whole lot of good pairs. Uh, you know, most of those older pairs were, were splitting if they won't, uh, you know, the way out so much right now. So I only got along good there for what we had on the steers. Uh, now I'm just going to call them steady. You know, there were some classes that might have been just a tick higher. Uh, some of those uh, four to five weight cattle on the steer end and the heifer end all a little sure higher. And then, you, you know, you get some of the uh, five to six weight cattle, uh, you know, there's about steady, I guess the tops were 280 on the steers and, and uh, on the heifer end, probably around 250 on the top end. Uh, I thought that was, you know, steady last week. And then you know, some of those heavier heifers, some of the uh, bigger heifers sure sold good. You know, I thought it might have been a tick higher than on the steer end. It might have been just a tick softer. Uh, didn't look like the steers had as many friends for some reason. I don't know why that is, but you know how that goes with orders. So uh, I thought we were steady all the way through as a whole. And I thought we got along real well. Well, tell everybody how to get a hold of you for sales next week. You can reach us at 830-997-4394. Texas neighbor, that's all the time we've got for Walking the Pins here on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. I'm Larry Marble. That fellow right there was Sean Geiswhite, Gillespie Livestock. Thanks for listening to us right this second on Texas Ag Today. Back over to the futures market now. Lean hogs finished higher on Friday. October hogs were up 50 cents, 183.05. December hogs up 27 at 74.60. Class 3 milk took a drop Friday. September milk down 27 cents at 18.62.100, while the October was down 23, 18.87.100 weight. Cotton market climbed sharply higher on Friday to wrap up the week. Traders still concerned about crop losses from the hot and dry weather conditions across the cotton belt, as well as what kind of damage Hurricane Adelia may have done to the Georgia cotton crop. We close with October cotton up 151 points, 89.61. December up 213 at 89.95. March cotton up 204 at 89.77. Corn market closed slightly higher as a hot, dry weather forecast for the Corn Belt continues to support the market. September corn up three and three quarters, 464 and three quarters. December corn up three and a quarter, 481 and a half, with March corn up two and a half, 496 and a half. Both hard and soft wheat finished lower on Friday. September Kansas City wheat down six, seven twenty and a half. September Chicago wheat down five and a half at five sixty-seven and a half. In the energy markets, October natural gas was unchanged at two seventy-six. October West Texas crude up two twenty-three, eighty-five eighty-six a barrel. The financial markets were mixed Friday afternoon. The Dow up one hundred seventeen points, thirty-four thousand eight thirty-nine. The Nasdaq down 12 at 14,022. The S&P up 7, 4,515. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this episode of Texas Ag Today. I'm Kerry Martin. Hope to see you back here next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the U.S. of A., Texas agriculture. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. 
Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.